We're back. Bob Benson here with Vicki Griffin talking about life after loss. You know, the day will come when you can remember your loss without overwhelming pain. It seems impossible, doesn't it? It but does. It, it is true. Yeah, and what fruit those deep plowings can produce in us. That is true. There's a text in Hebrews 12, 11. It says, Afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruits of righteousness. So no trial, it says, is pleasant, but grievous, but afterwards. I like that cushion in there. Mm -hmm. I remember when Dane first died, someone came up to me and said, well, all you can do is praise the Lord. And I just said, well, that's not exactly what's going on with me right now. Right. Uh, But now I do praise the Lord for his plan. It says all things work together for good. But it doesn't mean that all things are good. Mm -hmm. And in all our afflictions, he is afflicted. In fact, the Bible says he abhors the affliction of the afflicted. And yet it is permitted. And what he permits, he will empower. I guess it's so important for us to remember that Christ actually paid the price in this broken world to bring hope, healing, and redemption to everyone who puts their trust in him as a savior. We may have had a dark past but we can have a bright future. You may have been thrown under the bus, but he's going to give us the tools to get out and drive that thing. That's right. God's love opens a channel into the wounded and bruised soul that becomes a healing salve to those who sorrow. Don't you find that some of your strongest church members are those who have suffered the most? Absolutely. There's a scripture in James that says, count it all joy Mm. when you fall into diverse trials, temptations, problems, And the suggestion of the scripture is that it's manifold, varied, fierce, sudden, all at once, under attack. And he says, count it all joy. And I really have puzzled over that scripture because the word trial and temptation, they're really interchangeable words. And with every trial, a measure of temptation comes. We can become tempted to become bitter. We can be tempted to fall into sins in order to escape the rigors of that trial. But there's an old Lakota Indian saying, it says, when your horse is dead, it's time to dismount. Mm. So what we do in times of pain must be trained by God. Mm. We must learn how to gain the strength that he has for us Mm. in trial. And we have certainly learned from experience, Mm. and we will continue to learn how to do just that. You know, there's a a text talks about when you go through various kinds of persecution and so forth. It invites us to actually leap for joy during those times. (laughs) And I can tell you, when I went through this time of loss, I wasn't leaping for joy. No. But I was later because I couldn't believe how thorough and how deep the healing power of God is in my life. And how he weaponizes these bitter bruisings. I call it going through the paper shredder, but he weaponizes them. Like you said earlier, I sense and can feel other people when they are going through these trials. I'm more open to others. I'm less self-centered, less self-absorbed. And these are treasures. And it's interesting in that scripture in James when it says, count it all joy, it reminds me of the sanctuary service because the sanctuary had its own shekel. It had its own currency. And so while we count our losses here, and we can add them up pretty regularly, Mm -hmm. and we can actually become absorbed in that, in heaven's sanctuary, there's another kind of currency, and there's another kind of exchange going on. There's another kind of gold, and it's the gold of that character that is developed in these saints who pass through the fires. It says, when you pass through the fire, it will not kindle upon you. You will not be burned. When those three worthies were in that fiery furnace, 
The Bible says Jesus delivered them from that furnace, and they didn't even have the stink of smoke on them. And I don't want a stink coming out of a trial. I want to have the glory of God strengthening me so that I can help and strengthen others and be on the winning side Mm -hmm. of this equation. You know, as I think about this experience, if we could see the end from the beginning, as God sees it, Mm -hmm. we would choose no other way to go than the way which he has led us through. And I thought about that. Would I really choose to go through that experience with my son and the loss we experienced? But I see the blessing in it that I would have never seen on the other side of him still being alive. Tremendous blessings. Yes. I still miss my husband. I still wish he was here, especially when I'm driving, because Mm. my sense of direction is so terrible. Mm. There are times I feel my weakness very keenly. Mm. There are times when it's very painful. But there are times when I understand very clearly the giftedness that God has given me Mm. as a result of this experience. You know, the benefit for me, one of the benefits was it actually brought me in a closer connection with God. Absolutely. I realized how much God really loved me to minister to me at that moment in the way he did. Absolutely. It's like, wow, you really care, God. I've heard about it all my life. I've preached about it. And you know, I'm a pastor, so you would expect me to know these things. But when you experience them, it takes you to a whole nother level in your walk with God. Well, yes, the experience moves from the head to the heart. That's right. It certainly that is does. exactly true. But one thing as a health educator that it's easy for us to forget is that what we learn in the light, what we learn in times of peace and comfort, that's what we're going to take into a time of crisis. Mm. So when our habits are sloppy, when we're not taking care of the mind-body relationship, mm. When we are letting our health go, when we're letting our mental and physical health go, then we are very, very much less prepared for the rigors of the inevitable trials that we're going to face in life. So physical and spiritual nurture is vital, not only during times of stress, but especially when we are not under stress, because what we do is what we repeat. What you repeat is who you are. And so learning to habitually make healthy choices, you're going to bring that habit into the trial. So first of all, what you were talking to me about before the program is, first of all, knowing how to reach out to others for help Mm. when you need it, physical, emotional, and spiritual help. Mm. I remember one time when we were presenting something on this, and this lady came in. We had no clue. And we mentioned something about going through loss or if somebody in your family attempted suicide, and she gasped. All of a sudden, everybody looked at her, and then I caught her at the break, and her husband had just attempted suicide that very week. Wow. So these are pertinent. Let's look at some of these things. What are some of these habits that can help us as we get ready for life's experiences? Well, I know that as my husband went down that long, dark journey of a slow, disabling, painful death, we had habits that we had had for years that held us during that time. Mm. And I got to the place spiritually where I would look at my husband in his deteriorating condition, and I would say, God, I would just weep and say, God, I can't hold on to you anymore. Please hold on to me. And he did. But one of the ways that he held on to me is that we had such a habit of healthful choices. We had a habit of worship. It wasn't a matter of whether we felt like it or not. We had worship, and as we would enter into that time with God, it felt like we would enter into heaven. Mm. And then we had that splash over of hell when we came back to reality and Mm. were faced with this debilitating illness. But then we also had healthy eating habits, and it seems contradictory that, well, we had these healthy habits. We exercised. We ate well. 
We had spiritual communion. We took time for physical and emotional rest. Mm -hmm. But those things gave us a value and quality of life during this journey. The Lord doesn't guarantee that everyone is going to escape the grip of illness, but the quality and value of our lives during that time gave us tremendous ability. We had better ability in self-care, cognitively, and in every way. I cannot thank God enough for the health habits that we maintained Mm. during a time of illness. And only those who have gone through this can understand the value of what I am saying. I had strength to care for him as Mm -hmm. a caregiver. It can take you out. Mm -hmm. And in prison ministry, they say, if the devil can't take you out, he'll wear you out. And Mm -hmm. caregivers know what that Mm, feels like. So to be able, I remember the day that I had to call someone and say, I am worn out. I need Mm -hmm. you. I need friendship. I need help. We were so busy in ministry Mm -hmm. that we did not have a close circle Mm -hmm. of local friends. And boy, did I realize that loss during that time of need. And I picked up that phone Mm -hmm. and I reached out. So filling up on fresh fruits and vegetables for energy instead of candy and caffeine, that was very important. And think about that long-term caregiver and how important that is. So enjoying the foods from the produce department, it can actually uh, delay the onset of an illness. It can prevent it altogether. Disease reduction is possible, and it is pretty amazing. Mm. So even though we didn't escape that ultimate bullet of Mm. premature death, By obeying the laws of health, mental, physical, spiritual, and social, my husband had the peace and contentment and had less symptoms. He had less side effects Mm -hmm. from this thing. He had more joy. He had God with him. Mm -hmm. And so we mustn't use these times as an excuse for disobedience, going into these addictions and the bitterness. That causes the real pain in life, Mm -hmm. not the tragedies that we must face. That is true. It's hard for many people, the way they medicate their pain is through eating unhealthily or getting into these addictive cycles that you want to avoid. Exactly. And the experience of grief can deepen our ability to participate in life. In Michigan, I know that we're experiencing just an exponential increase in addictions, and addiction is about pain. And when we talk about addiction, often in the general vocabulary, We call it reward cravings, that these dopamine circuits are involved in these reward cravings. And we picture the addict, whether it's food addiction or media or whatever the form of pain is, that's a slow death. It's a slow death Mm. to have an addiction of any kind. And so we think about the grip of these addictions, but it's actually not about reward cravings once an addiction forms. It's about relief cravings. So the addict is no longer doing this behavior to get joy Mm -hmm. or to get happiness. They're doing it to avoid pain. And in this world, in this life, we have to learn how to face down pain. That's true. And Jesus, that's why one of his names is the comforter. So the experience of grief can give us power. It can deepen our ability to participate in life. And as we practice healthy choices, it gives us the physical and mental strength to read and understand our Bible, to interact with others, to care for each other, to get our minds off of ourselves. Some people are so stuck in the past because of what they've been through. And, you know, we may have a reason why we are where we are. But if the day that we make it an excuse, that's a death sentence. Mm. I just want to keep saying yes to God and yes to growth. How about you? Amen. Very true. So I want to become more sensitive and more trusting. And that's what suffering can do. So, beyond the shock, grief, and anger of loss, there is hope. 
help, meaning, and the promise of eternal life. We can find that through the comfort of the promises of God's Word. We can find that in a personal relationship with a God that loves us immensely. Oh, yes. He's not only the Savior, but He's also the healer. Absolutely. And long ago, an inspired author wrote this, The Lord designs that His people shall be happy, and He opens before us one source of consolation after another, that we can be filled with joy and peace even in the midst of our present experience. And this was a huge shift for me to learn how to receive when someone smiles or Hmm. is kind, a touch, opening a door for me. I receive that now Hmm. as consolation. I used to think, well, but it's not Dane. But it's not Dane. Hmm. It felt like an incurable wound. Hmm. But now I notice the kindnesses of others so keenly. Hmm. I'm so grateful and so happy to give those kindnesses to Hmm. others. It's made such a difference in my life, Mm. and I'm grateful today. So closing thought is some research that was done. They showed that those who had a connection with God, a a network friends, but their faith was strong. Even when they had cancer, they had a higher level of life satisfaction amidst the suffering of that than those who didn't have it and had all the healthy markers, indicators. That's incredible. I believe it. I've seen it. Here's the promise that Jesus holds out. He says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come unto me, all you who are troubled, weighted down with care, and I will give you rest. Well, we are out of time, and thank you, listener, for tuning in today. We sincerely hope that you can know the peace that passes all understanding through having a connection with Christ, no matter the trial or pain or suffering that you may be experiencing. God bless you.